Welcome back. It is another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. As always, I'm Aaron Smith, joined by these two fellas. These two fellas. Jeff Howell, you know him from the Bearcat Brunch and the self-proclaimed best producer in the city, Ed Mayhall, who I may strangle one day. Why? Just what's wrong with you? I just raced home from Kellogg Avenue to make sure I made it on time for this podcast. Just everything in the pre-show. Just it is very interesting topics in the pre-show. I brought up one topic and I just was looking for some help. That's all. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. Unreal. You need help, Ed. Thank you. you, I like that. (laughs) Hey, I like that shirt, Chad. I like that shirt. Yeah, right. I agree. I like like that your C Paul on your shirt is. Oh, he's gone. (laughs) I like that the C Paul on your shirt isn't isn't totally worn off. Like Carrie Combs. Oh, Carrie Carrie puts a lot of miles on that. that, that Yeah, he does. That happens. Yes, he does. A lot of miles. He's very excited in those post practice interviews. I think he is very much enjoying being a head coach again. Well, good. Fair. Definitely a topic we're going to broach later on tonight. Uh, Steven, it was actually Jeff's birthday, not Ed's birthday. Uh, so there's that. Come on, Steven. Yeah. So happy belated, Jeffrey. Thanks. Thanks, Steven, even though you said Ed. I know he's on your mind all the time because he keeps hitting every sound in the... Uh... No sounds tonight, guys, except for like the bomb, I think, in the buzzer. We're gonna re- we're gonna rework those for the New Year's. Oh well, thank you, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> stop yelling. Who's yelling? Stephen. Oh, because he has all caps. All right. Um, any 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 new things going on in guys' life? I was in Indy this past weekend for my nephew's first birthday. Um, just. Uh, Rachel Brinix and I drove out there and um, always, and, and the dog, and always good when the dog doesn't puke. We had her all sorts of messed up on CBD, and um, the baby was was good. So that's always, that's good. Excellent. Victories. Yeah, just a, a typical, typical week full of sports practices and school projects and sporting games and, and the like over here. So, all right. Ed? Yeah, same, just soccer games on Saturday and Christmas tree on Sunday. All right. So, tried to finish some Christmas shopping, didn't get it done. That sounds about right. Yep. About well, let's get into it. It was uh, not a fun first half to watch, but a much more enjoyable second half. But let's let's talk the Crosstown shootout. Sir, sir, sound? Or are we just going? No, we we just talked about this two about two minutes ago, saying we're oh, not doing said, sounds. All right, we're not doing any sounds. Well, the sounds wake up Stephen's dog, and everybody complains to me every week about the sounds. That sounds that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. Okay, yeah, sound. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Well, that was far too loud. <laughs> so loud. What's wrong? With you? <laughs> All right. Um, 
So the Cincinnati Bearcats do fall for a fourth straight time to the Xavier Musketeers. And another, this one, this one was a, a little bit of a heartbreaking loss. Yeah. It's the Didn't first start time out that since way. like yeah. what, like the, the seventies or something that a team has won uh, four in a row. Well, we have to talk about yes. that for a second because a lot of, a lot of people are final score, that up. final score, 80 to 77. <clears throat> We have to talk about that for a second because a lot of bring, people are bringing that up, and it's like it's not fair because literally from twenty in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty we were coached by a Xavier fan. Twenty twenty one we had a team that was put together in thirty days, and in twenty twenty two, I mean we gave them a run for their money in the second half. So I mean I don't think that's a streak that actually counts. Well, when you look in the record book, what does it say? It does. It says four losses, but you, I mean okay. there should be asterisks. That's the end of it. Should be an asterisk. We don't make excuses over here. That's like, trying, that's, like, that's like trying to say that Mark McGuire's home runs don't count. Barry Bonds' home runs don't count. Roger Clemens' wins don't count or strikeouts. Like, come on, man. It all counts. It's all there. Why we were following Aaron Judge around breaking into college football games is still beyond me. I don't understand. But Correct. there else. I mean, the last time that there was a streak this long was uh, Cincinnati from 72 to 79. They won eight in a row. So Xavier still has a little bit to go. Exactly, UCF super fan. Don't get down by 18 and maybe you win the game. Don't start the game 13 to 1. That's yeah. a fair point. Exactly. That was horrendous. Uh, Ed, I know basketball is your favorite thing to follow at the University of Cincinnati. So what were your takeaways in the game? Maybe maybe how the game started and, and how yeah. the game finished. Well, obviously, uh, we all saw it. it started out super slow. I think there was a stretch of like, Four or five minutes where we didn't score a single basket. Um, there was points where, you know, we kind of get on a little run, crowd would get into it, that run went away, and the crowd was just gone. It just the I think uh, you know, that's one of the factors there is the crowd. Um out of that the first half just was ugly. Like there was no it was it felt like selfish basketball. There was there was no like the first game, we saw a lot of moving the ball around, right? We talked about that, moving the ball around a lot, making sure there's a, a good shot open. The first half, there was there was none of that. Um, going to halftime, apparently apparently Kenyon Martin went into the locker room at halftime, yelled at them all, told them to play, they were playing selfish basketball, start playing team basketball, come out in the second half, and all of a sudden, it's a, it's a completely different team. Let's talk about that for a second. Why does it take 53 that? points. 53 points scored in the second half. Yeah. Why, why, is it, why does it take that at, at halftime for a team to be like, oh, okay, like uh, let's kick it into we gear. Should, we, we, mean, we should actually play Xavier like their arrival. Yeah. It's not like you didn't know that. I mean, what, you didn't know you were playing in front of Kenya Martin? You didn't know you were playing the Crosstown shootout for the first half of the game? It shouldn't matter. Like I told Aaron, I told Aaron on, on Saturday, like, Five minutes into the game, I turned it off because I was being negative in my head, did. and you I did. didn't want to. I didn't want to continue to project negativity. And I thought to myself, "Self, if this team's going to get back into it, maybe there's some superstition here." And so I, I that's when I cut it off, and then I followed the rest of it via text messages of of uh, you guys sending things through about what was going on. I have gone back and watched portions. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the first half and, and the second half were definitely a tale of two stories. Um, it, it, I'm with you. It does make sense, especially when 
you should have been humbled slash humiliated losing to a team across the river in exactly. NKU and to take on another team where it's the biggest it's the biggest game in the city. It's the biggest I rival. I don't know. Well, I don't know that there's a, a more get up game than Xavier every single year for both teams. Yeah. Well, it shouldn't be it just I don't know. It, it shouldn't be that hard to to get up for especially like when, when was the last time they played a game with uh, a, a cross town shootout home with an actual 18 packed house 2018 4 years ago. Hmm? And and that was a beautiful game. That was the Oh, maybe it wasn't. But that was a great game. In fact, was uh, that like a Cumberland come out game? Like that was when he first like first started showing flashes of 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 greatness. I, I remember being at that game just yelling he's just a freshman. Well, when you go back to like uh I think it was UC, UCF super fan. Uh you d- don't get down by 18 points. Yeah. Why put yourself in a hole right off the rip where you don't, I mean, like everything you're throwing up is clanging off the rim, off the backboard. Like it just, it looked like the second graders that I coach on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. No, you're um, right. If we don't, I mean, we've said it a couple times. If we don't go down by 18, we may, we may have actually won that game. Like we only lost by, I mean, technically one point, but there was a, it was three points, right? Because of the technical. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you look at it, you know, they were uh, outscored, what, 18 to 8 in the paint in the first half and then outscored Xavier 26 to 18 in the second half. Uh, T. Wynn says, I think Wes needs to start screaming instead of begging. Um, I did hear that practice was fairly animated, um, at least one of the practices over the course of the last two days. So uh, for whatever that's worth. I mean, I don't know. It, it still goes back to the fact that we need like Peter. we need some bigs. I mean, we. I think down yeah. the line, like Victor, obviously he's gonna like yeah, you know, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. Um, he needs some help. Like he can't he can't just rely on him to do everything. Down I there, I think Vic and Nolly really turned it up, and like they had some energy there when when. So, uh, who was it? Skillings blocked the shot or something like that. Um, not anyways, Vic passed it off to whatever. I can't think of the, the whole play. I just watched it to get in my head, but when Nolly made the dunk and all of a sudden everybody went, went wild, it was a handoff for Vic. I mean, that brought energy and, and, and they, they replayed that on Twitter and that's the energy we need the whole game. Like it just, if they would have had that energy in the first half, maybe we would play a little bit better. So why can't we just continue to keep that energy so that we're playing to that high level of basketball like they do in those runs. To my point, which UCF Superfan brings up that we have talked about on this show uh, last year, uh, the year before that, like, I don't know that we've called them big, fat, angry guys, but just some very large, like, oh, some yeah. space fillers that can move uh, and, and aren't afraid to be aggressive down there, kind of controlled aggression, you know, Her- the, Apparently, if you try to say "bitch" in the chat, you get, oh, you get you get the you get the the number signs. Pound, 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 pound. <laughs> well, that's what you want those big guys to do down there. Agreed. Pound, no pound, 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 pound. That's good. Um, the only problem, though, with Victor is a lichen, not a human at all. 
the only problem with running running Vic and Odie at the same time is right now we haven't seen any of Kalu in the last couple games now. I don't think we're going to. But has he has my he point, impressed though, much? Well, my point is if you run Vic and Odie, which you shouldn't have to do unless you're playing a team with two bigs like Xavier has in, in Fremantle and, and, and Nunji. Yeah. Um, but if you're running both of them at the same time and one of them gets into any type of foul trouble, what do you do? You well, can't, then you, you, you can't put, run you both run, of them you, you run Sage out there. Well, and so now and you got a guy who's played five minutes of collegiate basketball right. ever. I mean, that's the position they're in, though. I understand. Or you I'm just, just go 100% just, small and I'm you try mere, to run as fast as you can. Merely bringing up an issue to a way that you guys are trying to solve a problem. Yeah. You have yeah, to, if you're playing chess, you have to try and see the moves that could be made before you make that move. And I don't know if it became quite as much a problem in this game, like early on with like the, the start, like when you see, and this is a, a problem that I've, I've noticed and it's been addressed by Wes uh, in, in several of his uh, little press conferences. One of those like, when when you see starts to get to the point where like it looks like they're going to start a run and then they get overly excited about you know maybe it was a steal and they get down and they and they get a transition bucket whatever and, and then they they celebrate it they don't get back and they don't get back and then they give up you know a counter bucket for lack of a better term and yeah. and it kills any any chance at going on a run Right. And I know Wes has like talked about that uh, several times. He's like, you know, it, it's a good thing. Like they're not, they're not guys out there that are, that are just looking to score for themselves and pat themselves on the back. Like they're ex- genuinely excited for each other, but it's like, you know, let, let's get excited when there's, you know, the clock's not running. I think is what he said. Let's get excited for each other when the clock's not running. Yeah. Um, makes sense. And I, I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but after Nolly made that dunk, in particular, obviously the end one was called, but the bench was not coming out onto the floor, even though it was going into a timeout. Um, Cause they, they, I think they did run a commercial break at that point um, before he even took the free throw. Um, I'm, I'm assuming media timeout, but they, they stayed on the bench. They didn't go rally around him or anything like that. At least not until uh, maybe maybe until the, the timeout was official. I'm not sure, but he was just he got to kind of stand there and be in the moment by himself, right in front of the student section, which I thought was was pretty cool for for him. Maybe his like maybe his biggest Bearcat moment, at least at home. I don't, I don't so know far if a bigger bigger home moment, um, but maybe his biggest Bearcat moment thus far. Um, he did that. If you remember, <laughs> yeah, uh, Kyle Washington would do that stomp when he would when he would make he did that Kyle Washington stomp when he came off the court on that that was hilarious sorry i don't know what that has to do with anything <laughs> justin jackson did a mean mug I mean, what, yeah. what are you doing here did you, yeah, can we get both jackson, back? the the mean the mean face um and I, I think i think a lot of this comes down to just like it was said over here like we're everybody's just we're so tired sick and tired of losing to that team from oh yeah yeah, yeah he's there. UCF we're super all, fan said, I, I listened to the game on 700 because I was driving during the first half. Terry Nelson sounded like he wanted to throw his headset off Absolutely. and walk out of the arena a few times. We're Absolutely. also losing X. I mean, 
it sucks. I, 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 yeah, I know so I, I was the off the rails. On, I had the game on 700 because I was driving to uh, like the last five minutes. I think I was driving to the soccer uh, field, and yeah, it sounded just like that. Like he was, he was just besides himself. He's like, "What the hell is this team?" Well, and I think that's where I'm so jealous of teams like what is it? Is it Duke? I, I believe that has all of their student section on the sidelines as opposed to. In the, I was wondering uh, where I was wondering when this was going to come up. Because I, I mean, I lost my mind a little bit on on Saturday. I'm, cause I'm oh, because yeah, I got I'm, you. I'm tired of losing as much as anybody. Um, but what I'm most tired of, and I've brought this up on this show, I've, I've people who are familiar with me and my body of work are not unfamiliar with this take from me. But especially in a game like this, in these rivalry games, in these big games, in these games that mean something, which aren't like your games against Bryant, aren't like your games against Miami of Ohio, aren't like your games against NJIT. But you have, in Duke, you have all the students going crazy on the sidelines. On the ends. But, 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 but here, you have them just in the ends. Well, meanwhile, you have all of the, the donors, the people who pay for the big dollar tickets and all of that, just kind of standing there watching the game as if they're at home relaxed. Yeah. Like, I feel like you don't often see, you know, a whole lot of this. And Ed, I mean, when we were sitting sidelines behind Memphis, it was just behind, you and me. And I think there was a gentleman next to us. who got into it. I feel like people were getting mad at us for, for getting loud, getting rambunctious, getting standing. Well, that, that like, Memphis, that Memphis officer did try to almost kick us, kick us out a couple times for yelling at Penny, but you know, it is what it is. And I obviously, I understand you can't piss off the donors. That's where the money's coming from. Yeah. So I get that. Give them spots in a suite on the second. They level, have that whole like, other side. Yeah. Just move them up, up there. Maybe like the first, like, you know, maybe do the ends, but then like the first five or six, 10 rows or something around like the, the bowl, like I, I don't know how you fix it. I don't know how you get those people to be more involved in the game and like to create the atmosphere. You can't. Um, it's just I, like, I know it's I know, I know anyway. the people in the diamond seats. It's just like the people in the diamond seats. They're not going to, unless there's a home run, they're not getting up. Well, Noah, no, I commend you. you. Noah's you, mad because he feels like we're evicting him from his seat. No, well, I, I feel like you are a rare breed back there. No, well, thank Noah. you, Noah. Thank you. I, I don't feel like that's the general consensus, at least what's shown on TV. Yeah. And when I'm at the game, I don't get a feeling when I'm looking down because I'm always up top because I can't afford good seats. Um, but but I, I don't feel like I'm seeing the lower bowl, especially the, the TV side that you would see yep. when you're when you're watching TV. I don't feel like that that side gets up for anything. Um, and, and I get this land big. I, I get this. You got to win. You got to give people more reason to be more active. Yeah, but this is a different type of game. I don't. If you're making a run, you need to be getting into a run, especially yeah. against a team like Xavier. Like you can't, you can't just. This is this is a the Xavier game is a game where you can't just sit back and wait for a run. This is when you have to be loud the whole time. If it's a normal, you know, if we're playing ECU or something like that, okay, what I mean, but still, I don't like it, but I understand. So Chelsea gets it. Section two hundred seven. I'm not there this year, but I get it. So put it. Let me do this then. Uh, if Noah's still here, um, do yeah, you he, said, that, he, like, he agreed. He said 100. percent He said 100. So he, he, yeah, he also he said, agrees that that the the folks in the in those areas could be a little more a little more active. And obviously, like, we're not saying that's why the team didn't win or that's like, right. but it's 
it well, kind of helps to create the atmosphere. I wonder if it's, and I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want to go too deep in the weeds on this, but I just wonder no. if, it's, if it's a generational thing because I don't see our generation getting old and continuing to be like that. I'm not saying like I can't wait for this generation to be gone. <laughs> I'm certainly not saying that, but I just wonder what it looks like. Fast forward, you know, 15 years, if you're going to see the generation that takes over in those seats acting in the same way, just because we all got old, you know what I mean? Like, like, got like students that, that, that move around, uh, you're screwed when kids are them with the Jersey on like they responded with. Yeah. Paper. Apparently the kid, apparently the Oscar watch left at like one o'clock in the morning. I talked to a couple of people. And that's when Xavier got to come over and put the jersey on. Well, anyway, back to my point. Um, I, I just I wonder what we'll see when we're, you know, fast forward 15 years and, and our generation becomes the people who are sitting down in the donor areas because we finally come into money after paying off school loans and everything else that that entailed. Thanks, boomers. Um, no, it brings up a good point. And I know Aaron's touched on this before in, in our, our text back and forth. Yeah. Like when the Big 12 games get here, like. Every game's a big deal. Like Every you have to get up. Be. You have to get up. You're playing in the best. And I don't even know that it's arguable anymore. I think you're going into the best basketball conference in the country. <laughs> Steven. <laughs> if you're just assuming Earth will exist in 15 years. Yes, I am. This assuming. is a fair point. I, I'm making right. that assumption. You're that right. Is, that is a good assumption, I guess. Yeah, like uh, UCF super fan. Like I, I don't, I don't even, I don't sit down. Like, like when the Bengals are playing, when you know the Bearcats football team's playing, when the basketball. Like I, I'm not sitting I was, down. I'm I didn't. Pacing, I, didn't I'm pacing, I didn't sit like, for this game at all. I was literally running around the room, and I'm like, I'm getting yelled at by my sister because I'm an indie, and she's like, I have two babies sleeping. I'm like, well, then you shouldn't have had me over for this game. I don't know what to tell you. Like you should have <laughs> told me not to come. I'm working. You should you should set up a spot for me out in the garage. I'm, I, I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, like that—that's a totally, totally different kind of like I get whatever topic that that can be debated and gone back and forth on. But and I don't know what. So, there's no quick fix. There's no something that you know the that the university can do to like. I mean, outside of they maybe, passed out like, towels, twelve thousand towels in the game, red towels, yeah. and nobody was twirling them. I didn't see a single person. They're probably on the other side, where the you know all the the upper deck younger, younger are, fans are. I the guess. upper deck people are crazy. They'll do anything. Of course, they're probably collecting towels. I, so I have a question for you guys. Just kind of, and, and this might be, this might be Ed. You're thinking way too big, pie in the sky. This isn't reality. So if it is, just shut me up. But. You know, after hearing that Kenyon went in there and lit it lit a fire underneath their ass, like, do you feel like maybe we we should find a spot on this staff for for Kenyon Martin, like if he's interested, uh, if he's interested I, at all? Like, I'm I'm sure let, that let me let me let me, let me just this this is the thought that I had in my head. All right, this is just you know, uh, Wes goes up to Kenyon. Hey, Kenyon, are you interested in being the head coach in the, in this in this league? Right? Nailed it. <laughs> 12 so are you saying you you want to fire Wes already? No, 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 Kenyon, do you want to be a head coach in this league? Kenyon, yes, I do. Okay, how about for two, maybe three years, you're my assistant coach. You get 
tape out there, you get, you know, experience out there. And then after two or three years, you go ahead and like get yourself a a head coach job somewhere. The biggest problem with all of that is the fact that why would you want an assistant on your team that is bigger than you as a head coach at the school? That's fair. That's something I didn't think through. That's something I didn't think through. I'm sure it's been offered to him, and I'm sure he's just probably not interested in in but I guess the guy with a hundred million dollars in the bank. Ed, do you know how much <laughs> time involves being an assistant coach in college basketball, being a head coach in college basketball? I, I guess but I like, do. So you work seventy hours a week, like like fifty one weeks out of the year. So you know, like it, like if your wife is like, hey, let's go on a uh, let's go on a two week vacation to uh, the, the Greek Isles. And you're like, well, you and the kids have fun, but I have work to do. Like, it, it's there's a reason you don't see many guys that make the type of money that Kenyon made get into coaching, and the ones that do typically aren't very good. All right, that's because fair. they don't put the time. They don't have to put the time and effort to, into it. They, they, they. Well, I guess my question is, I guess maybe that's a. Okay, so maybe that was the pie in the sky, Ed. You're thinking way too big. Well, like, how how is there how is there a way we can get him involved in the program a lot more? I know he lives in Texas, and you build a relationship. He lives in California. He lives in California now. Yeah, I believe so. You okay. build the you build the relationship though. You you have to start like they did, bringing right. him in and so having him as a guest and allowing. Yeah. So that was my other question. Place, but but yeah, I mean, you have to you almost have to baby step this type of thing because I can tell you from things that I've heard is he was scorned by the university. Yeah. Oh yeah. We all know that when they let Huggins go and the way they let Huggins go, we all know that when but, he came back to UC and was given a flight riding coach. Oh, did not know that part. Yeah, but so that's my other question. Too. So, so he's, he was, he was invited by West tall. How are you putting him in coach? That's good. Was he invited to West by West to this game? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume where he was sitting that yeah, there was okay. probably some of that. I don't I don't have anything to. But this rotates back to what we I'm talked not about. Get into that, but he was sitting in a. It, it okay. wasn't something that was very well planned. Okay, I'll just say that. I just I thought mean, it was a random game for him back to. A, a fan gave up their seats for Kenya oh. to sit there. It's nice that, and the fan sat somewhere else. Fair enough. That's breaking well, news here on Barn the Bunk Twitch. There you go. Um, but it, <laughs> that that kind of goes back to what we talked about when he was initially brought here. Also something we've talked about with Coach Sat already with making the like starting the relationships and building the bridges from you know this coaching staff at the university now with former players and getting them back in here. The, we already know that there is a a crazy rich history here and there are plenty of dudes that I'm sure would like to come back. Maybe they felt like they couldn't come back. Maybe they felt like whatever, but now it seems that that bridge has been that olive branch has been extended. Yeah. I mean, and tons of them are starting to come back. Yeah. You had Kenyon, you had Steve Logan, you had Ruben Patterson, you had Lenny Stokes, um, Melvin, Melvin Levitt. I mean, those are all dudes in this program. Um, so I, I think that was certainly a, 
a good sign of the direction that this staff is going, that the school is going in, re in regards to the relations with the alumni uh, compared to where they were, you know, five, 10 years ago. I, uh, I like this comment too, that they need it. The game changed when they changed it to Crosstown Classic and neutered the game. They need to have a press conference of Smack Talk. Let's do that again. Let's bring Andy Furman out of, out of, well, I think, I don't think he's retired, but I think he's, like on national radio now, but let's bring him back and, and let's, let's have a, you know, like Sean Kilpatrick out there saying that two Holloway couldn't make, play on this team, but apparently two Holloway wanted to play on this team. Steven said, I, I just want to know where Sharky and Ica were. How were they not tailing Kenyon to catch that? Come on, bro. Were they, were they trying to get footage of the halftime dancers instead? Uh, I'm not sure Sharky's here anymore. Just saying. She's here, but she works with football. She doesn't do any basketball. basketball. I Eichel, Eichel was there. There you go. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Chad. But uh, oh, I'm sorry, John Meeker. John Meeker was there too. Is John Meeker there? According to That's Superfan, awesome. John Meeker was there. I mean, I know I saw somebody else in that picture, but it wasn't John Meeker. But to the point of like a like a pregame press conference thing, like a like a UFC style, like you know, sit your guys on this side, we'll sit our guys hey, on this side, and let's like, do it. Yeah, let's let's have some uh, some smack talk back and forth. I know, like coaches probably wouldn't be for that, but smack I, I talk and would, cheese conies. I, I think Michael, it would be great. Michael, we we play we play Xavier every year, every year. We even in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Even though Aaron, even though Aaron wanted to discontinue the rivalry. Well, that was I, I did it in the first half. <laughs> in the first half, I tweeted, "I don't think we'll ever beat Xavier again." Jeff, the fact that. Kenyon Martin had to go in to a locker room to tell these guys to get up for this game. I, I hear you. I I turn. I don't do this, and I turn the game you, off. You didn't five even minutes in five minutes into the game, and then when I like, I was like, all right, like I'm gonna give it to halftime, see what it is, and maybe I'll turn it back on. And then it was a 17 point deficit, and I was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm gonna leave it off. And then I started getting texts that they were like making runs and I was like, well, I certainly can't turn it back on now because if I do, like my bad juju is going to show up. I didn't turn it on. So you watch watched Navy Army. You watched none of the game outside of the first five minutes. Like uh, never I, watched, I, I, I went back and rewatched like the end of it to see what so, all the yeah. all the hubbub was about with the uh, with the, the timeout. Like, no, well, no, I, I want to back up to the fact that I cannot believe in a game like this, with the intensity and the emotions and like the way that that they call such a like to my eye, which is not a obviously a referee's eye, a well trained basketball eye, eye. right? Um, I cannot believe you call that foul on on Lockin when my problem with a foul like that is so, I, 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 what's his name? What's his name? Suli Suli Boom. That's boom. his name, right? Boom. boom. Okay. If if he drives and a an attempts makes an actual attempt to shoot the ball and not just like turn into a dead floppy fish in the air because silly he got, salmon because a silly salmon because he got like bumped by by locking as they were coming I mean they were like how else well, it's and stupid. again I hate his it. arm his arms were up and down like, like this I I hate it. I hate that because he didn't even attempt to truly make the basket. I hate it. 
Well, and and again, I mean, we we talked on the other. I'm sorry, go ahead. We talked with Dana Beers last night, and also not trying to be. I'm not one to be blame the ref guy, so I I don't want to say that. I just think it was poorly called both both ways, actually. Um, So for whatever, did that prevail throughout the whole game? Like poor officiating, or was was it just like a poorly called game, just in general? Um, Now, was it was it more like? It wasn't just at the end. It was okay. All around, I think it was. Do you think that? Game. Do you think it's something that is like totally? Well, I mean, the conspiracy all the way back to like they don't want a like another. The conspiracy theorist in me says maybe some of those calls were Jesuit calls. Just saying. Hey, somebody said it on the internet, man. You get you Just get saying. those you get but, those referees out there who are Catholic. They're gonna they're gonna lean towards one way. But I'm again being realistic. It is what it is. It was a poorly called game, just in oh, general. Yeah. And we played horrible. Both, both ways. Yeah. Not, not not just Cincinnati calls. I think it just in general, uh, plenty of out of bounds calls that could have gone the other should have actually gone the other direction. Not could have gone, should have gone the other direction for both teams. Um, they're, they're just some weird calls throughout the game. But to me, a game like that that is you know starts off so lopsided, and then the other team like you know you come back, and obviously like we're a bit of a homer. Here, but we do sure. we do typically the like look at things as like you know, lay it all the way out whatever. Look, but I'm assuming Vegas I, won. I mean, I the, don't the, know. The spread was the spread was three and a half. I thought it was two and a half. It got up to three and a half by tip. Okay, so but I just don't understand making that call right there, like on a a drive that wasn't even like. He didn't even try to make the basket. Like it was, it was clear that like he was like, "Oh, I got a little contact," and then he flopped in the air like a. What'd you call if him? This was a UNC salmon. game. That call would not have been made. So that happens. You know, he makes the the first one, purposely misses the next one, and then probably one of the biggest brain ideas of all time that is getting like was getting all kinds of hate from people. That are like, "Get him out of here!" Like Wes Miller realizes that what the rule is. You could tell, yeah. <laughs> He's saying some bleep bleep ball game. If I was a coach and not a pastor, I was fair enough, Michael Beers. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. I last night I said my favorite play in the whole game after David DeJulius decided this was his game and he was putting the whole game on his back, come hell or high water. Um, outside of if Landers Nolly makes that wide open three, maybe that wins the game. Um, but he missed it. Um, but David DeJulia is making that three and one, I think was probably my favorite play of the game. And that's with some other high contenders. Um, but what were your two? Brett asked this last night, and that was where I gave that feedback. But what were your two, uh, each of your favorite moments of the game? Just to try and end on a high note. Mine was the yeah. Landers Nolly dunk, like that whole drive with the, with the, you know, I mean, that I just, that's the energy I love seeing from my Bearcats team. That's the energy I grew up watching my Bearcats team, you know, with, with, Mel and and Kenyon and Danny and uh you know Fletcher all those guys out there right that's the energy I grew up with and that's the energy I love and so when they if they can continue that energy I think that's just gonna I think it'll just help I don't I'm not gonna say that energy is gonna win us every game but I think it'll help I think that if you the way you finish that game I think there's still momentum to carry obviously into Miami and you have to win out the rest of your your buy games here and you're out of conference going into uh, AAC play, uh, but Jeff, what was your favorite moment of the game? Oh, uh, at I least what you say, what you watch. Yeah, I, I would just say like the the entire like was it like the last like eight minutes uh, of what 
the Julius did. Like that dude yeah. is such a gamer. Like he just he is a bearcat. Like that that is that is a bearcat through and through right there. Um and I, I just I just hope that like that that second half of, of the Xavier game is something that can like I also, I also think. Are you, are you here for like? Oh, sorry, I, thought, I thought Chad just, had something very profound no, he, to say because he, he clicked in and he had like a. He's just here for ASMR. He's just giving you all the all the all the chew sounds and all, all the, the chew. Chew. I'm having some spicy nacho Doritos right now. I got some cool ranch delicious. Chairs. I, I just I, I've been on a cool ranch, major cool ranch kick, Ed. But uh, I want spicy nacho. The Doritos cool ranch dip. F. I give it an F. Okay. Yeah. I just well, like I like I don't I don't need to be fancy. Somebody made an interesting comparison today, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, go for it. David DeJulius, a lot of Deontay Vaughn in his career. I saw that too. Asked to do probably more than because they're both short, and stocky. Like because they both score. Yeah, they both get buckets. Like yeah. Deontay in a bad situation. On a lot of teams that weren't very good, he was the star. And by the time he left, he had built the program back up, left it better than he found it. Hard not to at that point in time, considering what he came in with. But, like, I think it's an interesting comparison. They play a little bit different, obviously. What are you laughing at? Davenport's Ron Allen. Look, man, I get the frustration with JD. The problem with that is he can be Alicia's a productive turn. player. He can be a productive player he's for this in, program. He's in, the rest in the of big, season. He's in the biggest slump of his Cincinnati career. And I don't I don't know but if it's, it's because he's trying to do too much. We talked about it two nights ago on the nightcap. Like he's trying to do too much. But if he settles down and gets back to doing what he's good at, he can help this team through the, the end of the season. Anyhow, I just wanted the, the, the thoughts on the Devon, Deontay Vaughn comparison to uh, David DeJulius, and I'll hang up and listen. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. I think you're right. He's being asked to do everything that Deontay Vaughn was asked to do as well. I mean, it's it's a very fair comparison. Um, somebody else compared him to um, Muhammad. Um, I can't think of his last name. I can't think of his name. Hold on. I'll look it up. But, yeah, I agree. Good talk. Jihad Muhammad. Thank you. He was on loaded teams. He was bad. Compared him to him. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying when I saw the comparison, I didn't say agree to that comparison. <laughs> he was on loaded teams. He was bad. <sighs> oh, I, but back to what I was saying before we jumped into that, um, I just hope that this this second half of that game, like that that momentum and the yes, they ended up losing. Obviously, like it turned into a heartbreaker. Uh, it wasn't just like they didn't just get their teeth kicked in for, you know. Yeah. The entirety of the night and then and go home with their tail between their legs they hopefully that momentum can go forward i think uh t win said like not they don't need to just win at miami they need to punish and humiliate them the people that have faith remember travis Steele need there. that f you pay me attitude 
I, I get like I don't know. Wes said afterwards, like that game's not at Miami too when it's at UC. It is strike, at strike Cincinnati. One. Yeah, they were at Miami last year, and there were plenty of FU Cincy chance from the school that's not quite an Ivy League. Awesome. So, it would be nice uh, to beat Travis Steele again. Oh, every time you beat Travis Steele is a, is a win. Oh, I forgot he's up there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Brent, Brent called him uh, the fighting Travis Steeles last night. <laughs> um, UCF Superfan said, who's our current John Williamson? Our current John Williamson might actually be John Newman, who's not playing. Yeah. It, I don't know if there's has, has there been any, like, update on, like, how he's feeling. I know, like, the, the initial, like, thought was probably the second half of the season at the very earliest, if at all. Like January, February. Yeah. Uh, Thrifty Walrus says, my question is, how is my heart so broken despite the game ending exactly how I expected it to end going into it? If you expected that ending, you are a wizard. I, I think I think your heart's so broken because, like, the way like myself, like, I resigned myself to a loss five minutes into the game when it looked like we were going to lose, like, 100 to 30. And I was like, ugh, yeah. And then, then they give you that hope that that's going to happen and it, it's like it's right there they reel you back in and then they just didn't get finished off the, the right way there, there's but, a whole song about this game why, why do you build me up buttercup just to let me down yeah and why do you build nope. me up that's too much that's too much and i can't mute you so you're waking up steven's dogs sorry steven how about the quote though and I, I know we're trying to move off of it, but I do like this quote from that Justin had from the press conference uh, from Wes Miller saying, I could tell you how I can't tell you how bad I want to get. I can't even read. I want us to get where we're supposed to be as a Cincinnati basketball program. I don't say words. I promise a lot, but I promise we're, we'll freaking get there. And I mean, we'll get there and I'll be damned. It, I'll be I'll, I'll damn be in the grave. If thank you. It doesn't happen. Hey, hey, reading. For Ed, it's hard. The last couple times uh, I've read quotes off the internet, I've been really good at it. I don't know why this time I messed it up. You take your medicine today? Nope. There it is. And I had a beer. <laughs> I don't know. But it, I think that just shows that he, he understands, like, he's not going to give up. And I think a lot of people are trying to give up on him already, but he's not trying to give up on this team. And... I don't know. I, I trust that he's going to get us there one day. No, we'll, we'll see what happens this week as far as either believing in Wes Miller or... Thank you, Chelsea. Or uh, we're trying to move on from Wes Miller because I'm pretty sure there's going to be some... Well, there's always going to be people that are going to say like... Yeah, I mean... There's oh, not... no, 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 no. There's, there's... Did you listen to the nightcap last night? No. No, I didn't get a chance to. Okay. Well, maybe maybe we see some things happen with Wes Miller this week that shows that the school probably believes in him a little bit more than the fans do. Tomorrow morning. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, well, there you go. Tune in, tune in probably to at Bearcat Journal and at Chad Brindle on Twitter tomorrow morning. Can somebody um, hit me up on Twitter and tell me what he said? There's a whole 20 minutes. I mean, I'm probably going to listen to it right now. After this, but... talking, yeah, I'll watch it afterwards, but now, now I want to yeah. know. I'll fill you in. I, right. I still fully believe in Wes Miller. 
I damn it, Steven. I'm excited to see like I'll do two. I'm excited. Like let's look at some of these guys that he's got like interested in coming here. Guys that are are already coming here that he's got signed to be here. Like it, things are gonna be all right. It yes. sucks real bad. It always sucks real bad to lose to Xavier. Like it just, that's awful. <laughs> and we don't like that. But it. Thanks, thanks, Chelsea. Thanks, Chelsea. Good job. Thanks, Chelsea. I knew I could count on you. If you couldn't pick up those little crumbs that were full size sandwich crumbs that were dropped, that's what I, I assumed. Know, tell um, that's what I assumed. But it, it's it always sucks losing to Xavier. It is what it is. Like people are always going to go off the deep end and like think that there needs to be like wholesale changes across the board. But like, guess what? If you fire, he's your still coach, playing with half a roster of his own guys. If, the if other half. Fire, if you want to fire your coach every year and a half. Like, good luck ever actually getting a team that's going to win. Or getting a coach who wants to come here. Exactly. That too. Exactly. But we know how Ed is. He likes to just pull the, pull the trigger on everything and get rid of people. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah, that's that's totally me. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm here for it. All Chelsea, right. you are the hero of the people. We're going to move on, get out of this conversation, and move it into a little bit of Bearcats football this week. Twenty-five guys. I got big ones on, big big headphones on, and it doesn't. It's it not blowing my earbuds in. Okay. It's not blowing mm. me out. Anyway. All right. Thought we were done with this. So. so there is a bowl Aaron game. On, hit it. There, there, there is a bowl game on Saturday. The Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Um, hey. Don't say chat, it like that. Let's be excited. Wasabi Fenway Bowl at so 11 a.m. on Saturday. Who, who's ready for an 11 a.m. showdown of the it's Cincinnati the Bearcats? Nails. It's for the, the Cincinnati nails. Bearcats against the Louisville Cardinals. It is for the keg of nails, though. The nail there's, keg. There's, there's like a total of nine coaches between both teams going to play. That's why they're on the same sideline, so they can help each other out if necessary. there's no one left. They can fit them all on one sideline because there's no one left. <laughs> Dave, Dave said he wanted he wanted him to take a, a coach sat put him on like a lifeguard chair in the center between both teams and he could just holler out play calls one way and then the other. I really hope there's not a fight no, with them being on the same sideline. Unless unless something happens that uh, that I said should happen and that's one of the Louisville players uh, who is planning on maybe entering the portal and then coming to to UC. Once UC wins, he grabs the keg of nails, throws his jersey off and his helmet on the ground, sprints over and and celebrates with UC on the field. It's a it's a WWE storyline waiting to happen. <laughs> it's actually amazing. Awesome. It's That's like a all... double agent. So, yeah. I, I agree, Chelsea. The field does look ridiculous. Stop playing in cold weather. No one yeah. no one wants a bowl game in Boston. That everyone who's assigned to a bowl game in New England is pissed compared to Florida, compared to Texas, compared to Arizona, compared to California. Greg, there were tickets. I, I actually looked at going. The logistics of it just didn't work out for me. But um, you could get tickets. Um, let's see. If Ed, in the look, top look, right look, hand, look, oh, put look that those, picture back up, Ed. Look, look those pictures. Look, look up ticket prices while we're there. Were we're there were tickets Ed. the other day for twenty two dollars, and they were like in the corner of the end zone in the upper right hand corner of this picture that ed has up um up there so like they weren't bad seats 
They were like twenty two dollars. All right. So if it wasn't uh, a twelve hour drive or like a five hundred dollar plane ticket, I, I would have gone up there to spend twenty two dollars to walk in there. So oh I've my gosh. Lot, I've done a lot of traveling over the course of the last couple of days and um I I have not been required to watch the Kerry Combs interviews, although I probably should go back and watch the Kerry Combs interviews. But uh, I'm pretty sure should. I, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure I, I you guys have both watched them. So as you've heard Kerry Combs talking as he is preparing this Bearcats team for a bowl game as the head coach interim uh, before he continues to remain on staff under coach Satterfield. Uh, what have your takeaways been as Kerry Combs has been talking to the media? Like I know, I know Chad talked about it. Like, I don't actually, I don't know if we were live yet when Chad brought that. I don't think we were, maybe we were at the beginning, but like he, he clearly is enjoying being a head coach again, like being in that, in that kind of role or whatever. But the other thing is like, He's one of those guys, and he said it in the first interview. Um, I think there's been two posted. Like, the first one where he brought up the fact that, like, and he's like, he said no disrespect to, and then listed D'Antonio, Kelly, Butch Jones, and Luke Fickle, and Coach Satterfield. He skipped a coach in there. Um, And then he said, like, the guy at the end of the hall is far less important than the kids in the room. And like the his like the way that he delivers his like answers to these questions, just like I I was like you know I haven't played football since eighth grade, but give me a helmet and some shoulder pads, and I'm I'm gonna go out there and I want to play for this guy. ACLs and and he one hundred be damned everything. He one hundred percent. He one hundred percent believes they're gonna win, even with all these players leaving. To go to the NFL, to go into the portal, he 100% believes that they are going to win this game. Well, oh, absolutely. I, I love the energy there. I, Justin, I love it. So Justin asked him a question, and I think it was the second one. So it was the one yesterday that got posted, or maybe it was posted like I think it was yesterday. Um, Justin Williams, I believe it was, and and Chad can correct me if I'm wrong because I know Chad was there. Uh, but he asked him a question about like uh, how how are you thinking about doing playing time as far as like you know, some of the younger guys to see what you have there or, you know, like the older guys. And he was like, that's not what this is about. Like this bowl game is about like, we're going up there to win. We're going to put, you know, the best kids that we've got available on the field are going to play. Uh, he said, no, some of the younger guys have shown in, in the last like two weeks, whatever that, you know, they, they can help us win. So they'll get some playing time, but it's going to be, our best guys are going to be on the field. Like these guys didn't stick around to watch some younger kids play. Like keep in mind at the same time, he's playing with a fully loaded hand only because I say that, I guess not, not exactly fully loaded hand, but he can play with anybody who's still on the roster at this point. If you haven't declared, if you haven't entered the portal, any, any of the kids here, he's not burning a red shirt for anybody. Right. Like if you haven't played four games yet, if you haven't played three games yet, your fair game for this roster for this yeah. game. And so, and he's, I mean, obviously like some of it is, is what, I mean, he did say that, you know, to our disappointment here on this podcast, um, it doesn't sound like they're going to run a full blown triple option offense. Uh, he said <laughs> they, they didn't quite grasp it. They couldn't quite implement it in, in the, in the short amount of time that they had. He said like four times they tried, like I, yeah. I tried to put the triple option in, but you know, it is what it is. 
So, but yeah, he he said that Evan Evan's been looking good, um, and that, you know, the rest of the guys have been out there. I mean, you you can you see them out like in the little clips they get posted. Like, we're not allowed. What's that? I'm not allowed to talk about the roster. That was kind of the stipulation. Like, we're allowed to go to practice, but we're not allowed to talk about like specifics. Who's there? Who's not? Right. What I can say is, there's a couple positions that are thin that we know. Cornerback, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, quarterback. (laughs) I mean, you have Evan and you have uh, Lichtenberg. You have two of your three. Like, quarterbacks a lot better off than some of the other spots. Kicker's a a little thin. Yeah, Yeah. kicker's a little. Kicker's a little thin. But defense, like most of the defense, is there, and the offensive line is there. Like. I, saw I, I, would, picture. I would suspect a run-heavy uh, attack, and let's win with defense and run on the ball. That would be my guess. Like Deshaun Pace was in the picture today that Cincinnati, uh, the uh, football, tw- the UC football Twitter posted about you know bowl bound. He the was guys there, like, yes. loading this up. Practice, yeah. So he was he, he was on there. Um, uh, I, obviously, I, I don't know. I don't know if Dante is going to. Player no, his knees know. still. The, the the bowl game was too close, I think, for Dante to to, to rehab it enough. Yeah, yeah. Jabari and that's, his uh, that's dirty ass hat. Worth. That hat was filthy. That that Cepal was yellow. And there's sweat equity in that hat, Aaron. I get it. He's sweat been here for equity in that hat. He's been here for longer than most. Correct. Uh. UCS Super longer than Luke Fickle. Jabari Taylor was here longer than Luke Fickle. <laughs> That's crazy. Do, do, do players who opt out still get bowl game prize packages? I, I have no idea. I doubt it. If you don't go to the bowl game, you don't get prize packs. You don't get goodie bags. Yeah, I they don't. They don't send them to the bowl game to get the goodie bags. It's not a take home bag for the guys that didn't make it. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, it's going to be cool. Like. I, I think that when we talked about this when Satterfield like took the job and like the things that he said, like how important it is it was for him to be able to have be able to trust the team with with Kerry, right? Like he's like, Okay, Kerry can he's been here, he knows what's going on, like he can run the team, he yeah. he has that capability and and to have Satterfield already hit the recruiting trail. They had a recruiting weekend last weekend. They said that they're going to have another one this weekend where he said, you know, we might have, we'll have the game on whatever. And hosting, hosting some guys. Um, it Brady Drogish, you know, doubled down that he's staying true to his commitment, at least now. I mean, he tweeted it out. I know that that's not always necessarily like the most concrete I mean, thing. He's anymore, not visiting but... anywhere else this weekend. He's locked in. The signing day is next Wednesday. So. A week from tomorrow. Hey, Steven, sorry. I've, I've turned my camera off and on too many times, and you've taken too many shots, and that's why you're hammered at this point. You're welcome. <laughs> uh. Drink! Yeah. Uh, any any chance Ivan Pace returns next year? No, he's in the no. uh, East-West Shrine game, right? Yeah. He accepted yeah. an invite. Uh, so. so he will be in, the, in a post-game bowl, so he will not be uh, eligible to return next year. Essentially, for people that are wondering, as soon as you enter the draft process in football, you're done. Uh, there's no turning back. Um, 
just kind of how that, for whatever reason, that's how the football process works. I don't are necessarily those, agree with it. Are those bowl games considered part of that? Like those East West Shrine and that? Oh yeah, all the all the showcase games for the draft. So that's are, all. That's you're all declared for the draft. Okay. What what else was he going to do in college right. though? Like yeah. right, all if you, Amer- if you all weren't American. Gonna, I saw if you, today. If you weren't if you weren't going to make the NFL this year, you're never making the NFL. I, I, I saw There's today. There's nothing he could do next year to increase his stock from this year. That as the far, number one defender in the country. As Agreed. far as defenders go, uh, I thought he ended up number two behind Dante on whatever. PFF. Okay, whatever. Well, that just goes to my statement that PFF said first that college ever to end up with one. As long two. as it as long as it ends that way, they would be it would be the first college to ever have. University to ever have, you know, one, two in the defender rankings. And somebody was like, uh, has it ever been two guys from the same high, high school? school? <laughs> bananas. Absolutely like, bananas. And that always like, yeah, that, that threw I'm some sure points. you saw the, the tidbit that was dropped today, right, Jeff, on Bear Guy Journal? Uh, I may not have. I've had a so you remember day. the you remember the Corain high school team in the in the nineties that was the first team ever to go 0 and thirteen? Mr. Simpson? Uh, oh, no, because they had to – no, it was, it was a little before that. Because they had to forfeit uh, the week of the state championship game because they had played an ineligible player who was a backup defensive tackle. Uh, so they, they were 13-0. and They had a chance to go 14-0 and win a state championship. But their athletic director had screwed up, allowed them to play an ineligible player all season. So they had to forfeit the state championship game the week of the state championship game. That's awful. That player, Ivan Pace Sr. <laughs> Him's dad, his Faja. And now, Kerry Combs gets to coach Ivan and Deshaun in a bowl game at UC. Pretty wild. Came full circle. Full circle, as one might say, Ed. That sounds like an episode of Friday Night Lights. Is it right? Yeah. It does. It does actually, yeah. <laughs> actually, the first thing I thought of was like, did that happen on Friday night? I think it was 1993. I think it was 1993. Wow. Did that happen? Are you coaching in 93? Um, uh, as as I don't really have any, don't... anything else left, but you guys have anything? Uh, I haven't seen, uh, there hasn't been an update as far as like, there hasn't been anybody else entered in like the last three days. Patrick Body Jr. The last he, one that he hasn't been on the team since like October, yeah. right? But so <laughs> he's, he's, he's officially in the portal as of the 10th, yeah. so <laughs> I mean, I yeah. guess whatever, you know, because right behind him was obviously Mario Eugenio, and then like on the 7th was when we we had kind of a little run of folks, Noah Potter, Jaden Thompson, Leroy Ballers all hitting the portal that day. Um, but that was also the day that we got Luke Kandra, who looks like a monster. Uh, hold on, hold on. Leroy Bowers did not enter the portal. He interned the portal. Oh yeah, that's right. He uh, interned he, the portal. He interned the portal. He's learning about it. He's he's getting a little you know, experience in the portal to see what's going on. Um, he's learning. It's it's for his second trip to the portal. Wherever he goes next. Yeah, uh, he's now this this time he's interning in the portal. So did he like intend to, yeah. to enter the portal, but filled out the paperwork and didn't fax it in on time? Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, this, situation this, here. This feels like the AJ McCarron trade all over again. 
<laughs> oh lord Don't hopefully it's a paid internship uh, oh. i did pull up the uh sea geek if you wanted to see tickets yeah. like you asked me okay yeah what do you got so this little section over here is uh you get tickets for 27 dollars unreal there you and go i mean these could sound that's up. if you're looking what if you're looking for two tickets together as opposed to just one single ticket Okay, so a little higher, ninety-two. Uh, well, that's the lower section. I was down oh, here. 40, yeah, 42, 42. Yeah, forty-two, forty-five. Get some tickets over here for forty-one. But yeah, I mean, you can just walk in there and watch what a are, good game. What are, what are tickets in the in the big green monster going for? I don't think you can sit up there. They're not you having can't. anybody sit up there. Lame. They should have yeah. tickets up there. That'd be nice. Yeah, no, you can't sit there. Uh, and, and there clearly could be room. I, like in that other photo, there's room to put a team. UCF super fan said, yeah. "I dropped two thousand dollars on seats in a hotel a year ago. This is cheap." Yeah, I bet. Well, that was a little different game. Yeah, had teams on one team on each sideline. It was in a dome. It was in the south. Yeah, the game. It was. It was still chilly that day. I wore shorts, but it was. It was yeah. chilly. Are they cargo shorts? No. Mm, cargo shorts. Favorite. I did have. I yet. did have. I did have my. Uh, he wasn't a dad yet, my, so of course he didn't have cargo my, shorts. My, my fleece that said playoffs. Oh, there you go. A media gift. North Face. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. You're nice. Um, let's talk about a team that did win this weekend in a rivalry <laughs> game. How about it? I guess there's not a... That was better? Like a... Still sucks. Um, (laughs) The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Cleveland Browns 23-10. to uh, And... Just start yelling, Steven, you're tall! (laughs) And it... Yeah. Wasn't necessarily always like a, a super pretty game. There's some injuries that also popped up during this game that kind of suck. Um, really suck. But Tyler Boyd's finger was poking out of the skin. I only read that once. They, they said it was dislocated. They just said, yeah. It was dislocated. I, what's, dislocated. Wasn't it put up? But wasn't it put out by Paul Daner? Uh, I didn't. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, I take Paul the back. I, it was. I, I take the back. It was put out by uh, Lance. Yeah, Lance snipped it and put it on Facebook or something like that. But I, I haven't seen that tweet anywhere. Oh, I don't no. know. Tape that bad boy back up. Yeah, right. Put on how some about of those, the, put on some of those gloves with the, the extra stick them on that hand and how about that game though? You get you have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd go out early. And Jamar Chase said, Hey, you boys had me when I went out. I got you when I, when you go out. And hey, Higgins still went out there even, and Higgins wasn't even supposed to play at all. He got hurt in the in the in warmups. In warmups, I guess it was something that started on Thursday. Then in the warmups, he like really what? tweaks it to the point he's not supposed to play. And Can we talk about that he though? Snuck onto the field for like the first series. If you get if you get hurt in warmups, why are there players that are are healthy scratches that can't be substituted for you who just got injured in warmups? Yeah, I don't agree with that either. Well, I guess maybe. Uh, I don't know. You're not gonna necessarily, I guess, have a a surprise like I don't know. 
I don't know what the the reasoning behind that would be. Greg's saying Greg Greg saying he had surgery during the game. That's how serious it was. Oh. So his finger very well may have been sticking out of the skin. I just read that it was just like just a dislocation. Yeah, that's what Zach Taylor put out there. Do you expect uh, the head coach is that to where put that it? Came from? Yeah, I that's just... what Zach Taylor put out there. Was it was just dislocated. It, it was dislocated out of his skin. Ed, you're on mute. This okay. is why somebody's account's blocked. I didn't I didn't know he had surgery during the game, so I didn't see that anywhere. Um Fenway Bowl four packs for ninety nine four for ninety nine dollars. Is that each or four total? No, four for hundred. There you go. Twenty five a piece. Uh, so yeah, that's not good then. Uh, I'm gonna assume that probably Tyler uh, Boyd then won't won't be back uh, this week if his finger was he needed. Surgery. He's listed his day to day. If you had the surgery done, you just tape it up now. As long as everything's copacetic, just tape it up. You're good. I guess. I mean, I guess it depends on like the, the severity of like if he. I mean, you. I mean, you if, figure, it's, if it's so jacked up that he can't catch a. I mean, if you can, know, he probably if, doesn't really need all all of his fingers to get. You can. You can. I mean, depending on which finger it is, you could. You could potentially splint it, and tape it just, up. Just, just cut just it all the way off. Just like spitball here. Maybe you uh, just there, don't really. There was definitely a guy that cut off his finger to go back into a game before. Yeah. That's Seven. happened. Yeah, that's old school NFL. That was like seventies Ed. Um, and you know, obviously, like they, Ted brought up, like there's no Higgins, there's no Boyd. Uh, Hurst was still out. Um, and, and the other dudes, I mean, they they've shown already this year that they can step up when needed. Um, obviously, like having Jamar there is helpful, but it's helpful to have guys that are on the field that the other team actually has to look at as like, you know, potential threats. Um, the biggest other, help. Otherwise you could just, you just roll, you just roll your defense over to Jamar and then, and and let it, let it ride that way. The biggest thing that I think that the offense had clicking for them is the fact that the defense did their job. Oh yeah. Nick Chubb, 14 carries, 34 yards. A guy who was averaging just, I, I believe, just shy of 100 yards a game coming into this game, uh, ended up getting 2.4 per carry on 14 carries. Deshaun Watson looked terrible by the eye test, although he did end up 26 of 42, 276 with a touchdown and a pick, uh, two sacks as well. Um, but he looked, he looked like a guy who didn't know how to play quarterback. Well. I mean, I he hasn't think. played in like two years, so a year and a half, yeah. I think uh, they, I think here, they made a big a, mistake. Here's another here's another little uh, tidbit. Uh, with DJ Reader in the game, the Bengals defense held Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry to a combined seventy three yards rushing. With him in or out when DJ Reader's not wasn't playing, the run defense was ranked twenty fourth. With him in. The run defense is ranked second. That dude is a dude. Monster. Watch out. He's good. He's very good. And and now we... He's good. (laughs) He's very good. Like, it's just ridiculous. And then you got got somebody like... You got Hendrickson broke his wrist at some point and played the rest of the game. And he still apparently wants to play this weekend? Well, club it up. 
Yeah, he's gonna put, yeah, exactly what you said. He's going to put a we club are, on it. We are, we are horrible for the health of these people. <laughs> Tyler Boyd's fingers falling off. Like, just tape that thing back together. Put a club on your broken wrist. You'll be yeah, right. Nobody's going to ask us to be the athletic. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're about as good as the uh, Dolphins medical team. So Jesus. Yeah. About that. Um, Ed, the, the topic that you just put in for lightning round, or somebody did, has already been mentioned, by the way. Um, but the... I don't, I don't know. I mean, how are you feeling at this point as as we are coming into the home stretch of of the season? Well, we're we're nine and four. Baltimore's nine and four. Like the rest of the divisions obviously like kind of falling off. The AFC is still like I mean, we, we can still get the the number one seed. I know we talked about it. It might have been last week we talked about it, and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah. Chad brought up the point, like, is this a game that, like, you know, how do you feel about the like this Browns game? Like, you know, you've ripped off four wins, like, rolling into this game, how, how do you, things need to go? And, and we said that it was a game that had to be won. Uh, and, you know, we wanted it to be, like, really convincing, but, like, who cares? Like, you win the game. It's the NFL. Just, like, win and, and continue doing what you're doing. They're 5-1 and one at home. So if they can, if they can continue – to to rip off these wins like playing the Bucks this weekend like the Bucks are they're, in, they're in a world of hurt like they just lost to Brock Purdy um in, in the 49ers so I, I didn't even know his name I didn't know that I, person existed Mr. Irrelevant that's who he is um, and good for him dude like that's awesome like those clips of like his family getting all excited he's the first guy to ever like have his first start be against Tom Brady and, and win um how about that the how awesome. about the guy who caught the interception, the Tom Brady interception, and then went and asked Tom Brady to sign that football afterwards? Was that in this game? Yeah. Is that I, I feel like that's happened before. Um, oh, it happened this weekend. I know that. So, hey, you know, you've got that. You got them coming up, um, and then obviously, what we play the Bills after that. Yeah, my my, my you are uh, no Patriots, Patriots. Okay, so then we gotta go play Mac Jones and the the Patriots. Like, those should be wins. Like, we should be rolling in to the Bills eleven and four. So if we look at if we look at Sticky Note two point um, redid it last week. If you guys remember, we had we we all three won this week, saying the Brown we would beat the Browns. We're all saying that we'll beat the Bucks next week. Um, we are all saying that we'll beat the Patriots. Aaron has us beating the Bills. Jeff and I have us with losses. And then Aaron has uh, the Ravens game a loss, and Jeff and I have it as a win. Cam Dale, Cam Taylor Britt has that dog in him. Yeah, he's going to be really good. I mean, he's already... Dog? He's going to be, like, real, real good. Uh I was I scared. Said, I think we said that during the draft. Like when they drafted him, I thought yeah. we, I think we all, I'll have to go back and look at that show, but I recall being happy with that pick. We were all happy with that pick. It was rated as a very excellent pick at that point. I don't, like, I don't think it was a hot take or anything. Like, no, no. Um, I, I'm also getting major Wanda Cincinnati vibes. He said that. He said that. Brady and did? Then, yeah. He said, he said we're, on to, we're on to Cincinnati. And then he, 
And then he also said that uh, our defense is uh, fairly good. Fairly good. Okay, so do we want to change our post note two point or we we go to two, post note two point Oh no, I'm I'm st- I'm still. Oh, uh, we're we're riding post note two point We're riding. We're we're too far in. Like, there's only four right. games left. We're we're riding. We're riding this. Unless there's unless Joe Burrow goes down for some you awful fucking reason. Universe. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, this this has been obviously a, a roller coaster of a season. Um, the. Offensive line has looked fantastic. Uh, it sure has. As of late, yes. After after a topsy-turvy first half of the season. Like something that probably could have gotten fixed if they had played together played in the some preseason. preseason games. Like we, we've, we've definitely touted that. Um, and obviously, uh, we've, we've seen some rumblings, uh, at least I have on Twitter this week, about uh, the offensive play calling did – take some adjustments after week five um at least according to some reporting that's out there um i I don't know how much to put into that or not where that reporting is coming from um has usually been pretty spot on but um i think that was reported by malik wright uh this week i haven't seen it anywhere else but um I don't know. I mean, I, I feel good about this team. I and I th- this team continues. There was even some stuff today um, on national national shows that they're still getting shit on as being a yeah. fluke, and they're they're not they're overrated. They're not good. Like they were saying we, the same thing about us last year. When we went to the well, Super Bowl. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a couple weeks ago we had the second hardest schedule for like the last half of the season. This year? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Like for the second you're, you're for, correct. For, for the second half of the season, we had the second toughest schedule, according to everyone. How is it a fluke if you're winning all of the games? It's not a fluke. Well, like, I mean, it obviously like you've got you I, I said at the beginning of the year I thought that they would win eleven games and that would be good enough to get them to the playoffs. I still think that's gonna be enough to get them to the oh, playoffs. Yeah. And they can 11's... hit and they can hit eleven. You don't want to be and just into the playoffs. So if no, you're home, I, if, if you're, you're winning right. at home at the clip, you're that you're five, that's what home, I'm saying. You're five and one at home. You want home home field advantage as, as badly as you can get it. So what we have to go, we have to go, or we have to go to Foxborough. Yes. Are we on the road the next two weeks? Yes. And then we're at home against to finish the season. So, yes. I mean, potentially. Potentially. That, I mean that. Like you could be staring four zero in the face. Like if you're gonna go somewhere to play, like I mean, like like you said, like the Bucks are reeling. Like go in there, like just do what you got to do. Um, I see UCF super fans saying like we have to win the whole thing this year because uh, the offseason, some salaries, the key dudes explode. I, I'm the, like, yes, let's win it all this year. Like I'm not saying like don't do that, but uh, obviously. But what Joe Burrow has shown this season is different than what we saw last year, right? Like, it wasn't just like, uh, I'm going to drop back and throw it up because with, Jamar's down there somewhere. It with was the, with the scrubs this, this, this week. He was 18 of 33, 239, two touchdowns, a pick. And I want to say that, that touchdown to Jamar Chase 
was maybe the tightest no. window I've ever seen him throw into. Um, it was, and he said he said he didn't even see the ball coming until it was five yards away, and it just hit him in the stomach. Yeah. Um, that throw was the same as the throw to T. Higgins the week before because yeah. there was no there was no window there no. was no window there either. Only um, saw it. But what I'm getting at is like his. His ability to make guys like Trent Irwin and Trent Taylor, like uh, Mitch, Wil- is it Mitch Wilcox? Maybe Mitchell Wilcox. Yeah, so Mitch Wilcox. The the somebody the backup Ir- long snap. Somebody was- nicknamed Irwin and Taylor yesterday on radio. The Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Yo. Like, I almost drove off the road. It was so funny. It was so funny. Like, I, like we have I, to make that a thing, right? Whoever I, well, did that on Cincy 360, like the Trailer Park Boys, has to be a thing. There has to be a Cincy shirt. Like, I saw, I saw somebody, happen. I saw somebody say, like, the last quarterback to make no name white guy receivers look this good was Tom Brady. Tom Brady, uh, right? So. He did it for 20 years in New England. <laughs> Um, I mean, like, and then like you hit a flea flicker. That's probably one of the prettiest flea flickers I've ever seen. Ever. <laughs> like, and he and my favorite part about that is the camera angle from the end zone. Like smiling, it, it looked <laughs> he couldn't his, stop smiling. Like, like his, he was he had the biggest smile ever, and then and he caught it. And they asked him why he did the river dance afterwards, and it wasn't like oh, like I remember, like I, I saw some things about it. He was like, I grew up in a. I was like a competitive river dancer for like three years or something. Like he like, I don't know if he's competitive, but he like did river dancing for like two or three years. He said, so he was like, oh, I just thought I'd bust it out. Have at it, dude. Um, so to be able to see like Joe Burrow do what he's doing, obviously like the offensive line like is part of that, like giving him the time back there because when he has time back there, we all know that like NFL quarterbacks are going to be significantly better when they're not uh, being yeah. sacked. Uh, so. For him to have the the time and then still be able to to hit these guys with with back shoulder throws and which obviously we've said before he throws probably the best back shoulder ball ever. He hit Jamar Chase with another one that like put Denzel Ward in a spin cycle, uh, which was hilarious to me. Uh, and, and he took he took his one shot at, at Jamar on a little on that little like. Pass out into the flat that was. People were trying to call uh, Jamar Chase out on that play. What are you supposed to do? You you turned around to catch the ball. What are you supposed yeah. to do? Like you, the whole play is, you look back to catch the ball. He it was a little behind him. Whatever he doesn't catch it, and he gets blown up. Like that happens sometimes on that play. Like whatever. Still toasting. Ward wants to stand up and be. Like, oh, yeah, like, let me pick my helmet back up that I didn't have my chin strap, strapped on right for it. Toasted like, you all day, Denzel Ward. Oh, dude, like, whatever. Like, somebody, and I know it wasn't Denzel, so, like, you can't, like, a, but uh, there was somebody, like, some Browns moron that, like, I don't know, tweeted out a picture of, like, some guy in handcuffs and was like, this is going to be Jamar when he's, like, dealing with Ward. He's going to get locked down. Yeah, that didn't happen. Sorry. I think he had what 119 yards, 110 reception, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, I don't consider that lockdown. I don't know about you. Nah. No. But obviously, we, there were some things that could be cleaned up in the at the beginning of the game. It was a little a little bit rough, but they had some curveballs thrown their way. 
the defense just was like, all right, you guys get whatever you got to get worked out over there, worked out. Like, we'll take care of it over here for a little bit. Uh, and then you guys go, like Jesse Bates said, like, our job is just to get the ball back to nine so he can do what he does. Pretty much. So. Well, uh, Ed, do you have any last thoughts on this game before we change topics? You've been a little quiet. You're on mute. You're so on that's mute. not, not that's helping you be you're less quiet. quiet. No, I saw what you put in the in the uh, chat or in the notes, so I'm I'm good. Are you looking up the last thing that I just put in there to have visual? Uh, I was actually looking at it as you were putting it in there. I was getting ready to type it nice. in, and that's all you taped it in. So nice, excellent. Um, I don't have anything anything more on the Bengals right now. I think we're just in a really good place right now. It feels really fun to be winning. Congrats to Joe Burrow on getting his first win against the Cleveland Browns, by the way. Um, yes. Probably nice to get that that monkey off his back. Um, but we and are now they're never gonna beat him again. <laughs> we are we are on to Tampa and uh we we I, I did by the way hear that there were some uh no means no chance in the stadium, which yeah, hat tip, I mean hat hat tip to the fans. Well deserved. Like that's you did happen. this. You did this to yourself, Deshaun. Yep. So, you're not going to catch any sympathy from me on that. Nope. Nope. All right, Ed. I think you. Do you have your? We got to do something about this. Like we need something else that's hurt my head. Um, Ed, this is your your new lights minute. What? I mean, I'm I'm not going to actually give you a minute because I feel like this one be worth discussing. But tell us what you got. All right, so listen to New Heights last week. Uh, they were obviously uh, bring it back to all three of us because the question I'm asking involves all three of us. Um, they uh, kind of Travis kind of skipped around the whole topic of uh, getting beat by the Bengals. He he didn't want to touch on that very long at all. When normally they would touch on those topics pretty long, uh, he was not happy about it. So they so they moved on. Um, but they talk, started talking about um, NBA guys, and this is a pretty good topic. So I want to ask you guys this question. Um, I think it was Jason brought up that um, he he could see NBA guys playing in the NFL, but he couldn't see NFL guys playing in the NBA. Um, so they kind of brought up the topic, what NBA star could play in the NFL, um, and then vice versa, what NFL star could play in the NBA. So I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts on that were on that. Because obviously Jason said that um, LeBron James could probably play in the NFL. Not now. He's almost 40. Oh, he watched LeBron play years ago when Travis had uh, floor seats uh, in Cleveland. So it's been yeah. a little while. So, um, but who do you guys think? What what NFL player can play in the NBA and what NBA player can play in the NFL? I don't, I don't know anyone's and, 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 and our basketball background that's in the NFL, I guess, um, to know if, if they would be good enough to play in the, NBA. I know I saw some things floating around. I, I forget who who it was, but they were saying they were ranked higher than Trey Young on the uh, uh, when they were coming up as uh, recruits for um, I want to say it was T. Higgins actually. Uh, T. Higgins was rated higher than Trey Young as a basketball recruit when he was coming up in the high school ranks. Um, and somebody said that definitely means he would be you know, somebody who could make the NBA. And I'm like, uh, there are plenty of kids who are ranked very high that don't necessarily 
pan out after <laughs> work but, out to be NBA I caliber. Think, I think, but I think with T's ability to jump, but like I think a lot, like what what do you see a lot of like you see a lot of like tight ends like was who's like Antonio Gates was like didn't he just play basketball in college yes. and then like went and became like a, a really good tight end. Um, that is true. I, I'm I'm not as well versed in like NBA guys, so like know who I would like go be like yeah that. I mean like LeBron James pops to your mind because every time they say something about it, like they Draymond his... Green played played for the Spartans, played for Michigan State both football and basketball. So like there's there's guys that did it. Um, so I mean I just don't know enough of them to like Antonio Antonio Gates when he. Came that into the my, NFL. That, that's that's yeah. the only one that always pops into my head because yeah. I know I mean, he like played like basketball, like Kent State, and then so there's some of those guys, but I don't know that there's enough that I can rattle off like this dude, this dude, this dude, this dude, this dude. Okay, well, that, so then the other the other topic then was that uh, Jason and Travis both said that they don't think there are very many um, NFL guys that could go into the NBA. Yeah, that came up as one of them as well. Um, Antoine Randall-L, Donovan McNabb. I'm just looking at uh, this NFL website. But I don't know. I thought it was a good discussion. They they talked about it for a little bit. I, I think it would be harder for an NFL guy to go into the NBA than it would be for an NBA guy. Jalen Green would be the most electric receiver physically. I feel like Samaj P. Ryan is just P.J. Tucker with a beard. Uh, P.J. Tucker is a lot taller than Samaj P. Ryan. <laughs> Samaj we'll Piran has an excellent beard, though. It's high quality. The fact that it tufts out like just... around his his chin strap is fantastic. Yeah, um, other than that, it wasn't very. Uh, it was it was kind of a a chill a chill well, episode. At, so. at least at least Travis didn't get up and walk out like Jason did. I was week, waiting for it. I was waiting prior. for it. Well, there there was a lot of there was a lot of like talk about um, about Travis saying like he handed one. Like uh handed one yeah. over. Yeah. And like I, I think that talk like for him was just like I had a fumble. Like because he, he went on, like there's the clip that they shared that like New Heights shared, like a YouTube short or a TikTok or whatever it was. Uh and it cut off after he said that. But like if you watch, like yeah. as they got into that topic, he was like, you know, they you know, I was fighting he, for He was extra trying yards. to go down. Yeah. He was like, he I was pretty fighting much for extra the yards. And and they ripped it out. Like he he said that you know they they took it away. He wasn't saying he wasn't making it. Like look, uh, professional football. Uh, a professional. He's not going to go out there and be like, man, that dude was awesome. He totally tore the ball right out of my hand. Like he's not going to say that. Yeah. Like, but he he said it in. in what the, else are you supposed to say? Like he gave he gave the credit where it was due yeah. in a way that a, a professional football player is going to give credit. And he handled it better than Jason did when called out about his blunder. So, <laughs> had to. New episode comes out tonight. Lightning round. That was horrible. That was that was horrible. Agreed. I'm I'm gonna start this off here. Uh, obviously, uh, this was a name that we brought up as somebody that, like in our. Uh, like dream person for like at least like media wise um and with the things that he's been able like he did in his his uh career as a coach um 
Mike Leach passed away today. It was announced that he passed away at 61 years old. R.I.P. Um, and and it, it's one of these, like, it's kind of weird because, like, he was a guy that, like, I obviously, like, you, you kind of, like, hear about him here and there. He wasn't somebody that, like, the Bearcats weren't playing any of his teams. Right. Like, he coached it at, uh, at Texas Tech, and then he was at uh, Washington State. Uh, teams that he, like, that were in bad places, and then he made them, you know, competitive programs um and then he's obviously been at mississippi state and the way i said it was like if you're ever having like a bad day if you were have if you were kind of like down or whatever like if you would just go on youtube and type in like mike leach like interviews or press conferences or anything like you you could turn your day around right there uh there was mike, a guy mike leach gives a, marriage advice <laughs> yeah, there's a guy on Twitter that said that he was, his name is, uh, it's at Travis Raider. Uh, uh, he's, uh, whatever. Uh, but he, he said he was strangely affected by the death of Coach Leach. Uh, there's something about the passing of a person who is uniquely himself, who didn't conform to others' expectations, and now that unique presence is gone, and it's a true loss for society. And I, there was really no better way to kind of wrap that up. Um, to eulogize. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and, one of a kind like a college There's... game day college game day did a thing where they they kind of obviously like they do they talked about him and whatnot but he was asked a question at one point uh like what would you want your obituary to say and he said why why would i care about that why is that my problem I'll, i'd be dead against the guy that's writing the obituaries problem so like that, that that's you know that that's him he was hilarious dude you know, I, I think my favorite, my favorite leech story tonight came from a kid that was like in college at Washington State, and him and his buddies started like a Washington State like blog, and they were like there at like a like a practice post game or a post practice like scrum, and they're like trying to finagle their way around like the normal media gaggle, and afterwards Leach was like who are you? Like, what are you all about? And the kid told him like, you know, we're students here. We love Washington state. I'm trying to like, trying to get this thing up off the ground. And Leach tweeted out the link to their stuff with their little like tagline. And like it sparked this kid's career. And now he works in TV and the guy that he started the site with when he was in college is a photographer for the Mariners. And like it, it's like it, it launched this kid's career. Why don't you be like, and like and that's and they became Barstool Sports. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was Mike Leach, man. Like he, like he was just, you know, I, I we, Aaron and I talked about yeah. um, on the nightcap. There was a story of him with this recruit, and they were sitting in his office, and Mike Leach was like, "Look, I got a magic trick, and if you get the magic trick right, you got to commit to me." He had a deck of fifty-two cards. And he said, I'm going to put these 52 cards in two piles, one red, one black, you pick. So first card, red, second card, black, 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 red, red. Like this kid went through this whole deck with Mike Lee, guessing every card, color of every card, face side down in the deck. And when they got done, Mike Leach turned over the two decks and the red deck was all red and the black deck was all black. And the kid was like, how fuck did you do that basically and you know he didn't he committed to nebraska he didn't end up committing to texas oh, tech but no yeah but 
He said it stayed with him. Right. How, right. Do, how do you do that? How do you commit somewhere else after you watch a wizard perform that <laughs> in front of him? But he said it's something that stuck with him like his entire life and Leach as well as should have yeah. like stayed in contact as he was going through his college. Like he said, actually, Leach sent him a note, a, like a like a letter in the mail when he committed to Nebraska, like thanking him. They're like congratulating him and like, hey, you know, I would have flipped my commitment right there as soon as he sent that letter because everybody else, like when a kid commits somewhere else, they just cut all ties. The head coach is like, fuck that kid, like. Right. He doesn't know what's good for him anyway. I mean, like his his whole I mean, the fact that he didn't like play college football, like he didn't like he just kind of he took a job as an offensive line coach for like three thousand dollars at San Luis Obispo. Like people say he's the most influential offensive mind of this generation. Like the the air changed the passing game in football forever. He also never it, conformed to anybody else's normalities. No, no. no. and that—that that, I mean, that's you know, I, I guess there was a for that. I guess there was a thing that said uh, to be in like the college football hall of fame. You have as a coach, you have to have a six hundred uh, winning percentage, and he's like he was like three wins short of like rolling that over. Um, and people yeah. are like, oh, they've got to they got to make an exception here or whatever, and like whatever. You know, like, he was. He was the OC for Tim Couch at Kentucky when Kentucky had like the Tim Couch era, which was like the only time Kentucky had been relevant up until. If you like, invented an entire style of offense, you should be in the, the college football in the college like football hall a, of fame. A, a a style of offense that has like gone transcended above the sport. You, it's gone above you to the like the NFL, like and it's gone down to like high school. Also, like it's, it's 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 everywhere. It's outlasted time, like. A, a lot of these things phase in and out, and the air rate is still. He is to this generation what Bill Walsh and the West Coast offense was to the previous generation. Yes, I mean he. he I don't think there's to... any arguing that. Like, like Aaron, we argue a lot. I don't even think we could argue about that. Not tonight. Yeah. <laughs> not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> when, when you mention like favorite stories that pop up, there was one that popped up, to, and this is like I'll I'll kind of end on this, and we can move to the next part, but. Um, it's supposed to be lightning round. <laughs> I know, but he's. This is like a. This man needed muted. Be, this needed to be in maybe its own section. I know, but there was a funny. there was a reporter, um, that said that he sent a text message, uh, to Mike Leach and said like, "Hey, um, I'm kind of doing this story about like you know college football like pranks or whatever. Like, you know, what is there like a favorite one that you've done or had done or whatever?" And Mike Leach like responded back and was like, uh, "Hey, call me." And so he called him. He answers the phone. He's talking to him. And Mike Leach is like going on and on. It's like gone well past. And he's like, "I'm listening to him tell the stories about whatever it is." And I'm I start noticing I'm hearing whistles in the background. And I was like, "Hey, Mike, what, like what? Where are you at? Like what's going on?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm at, I'm at practice." Like he was like. This is not that important. He was like, "Oh no, no, no! Yes, yes, it is. It, it absolutely. This is just practice. Like, like he's I, I at told, practice." I told the story on on the nightcap tonight as well. And he, yeah, he, he so takes, good. He he takes this guy like he takes twenty minutes. Phone call, talking to him on the phone. Practice is going on. He's just like, "No, no, 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 no." Having this like this personal relationship with you on this story is far more important than what I'm doing. Like, I can still do this part here. Like, I've got other coaches and the cargo short story is also a good one but there's there's thousands i mean there's just stories everywhere if you get on twitter type it in like 
go through like there's tons of people from all walks of life it seems that have like a mike leach story that has affected them in some way so many so many reporters especially like in ways that that he gave them an opportunity that no one else did um and those i think at at least in what i do those are the stories that mean the most to me because Uh, somebody somebody takes a chance on you and so look where we're at eleven thousand. 11,000 views in a week. <laughs> not, not only not only did college football lose a, a, a shining light kind of thing, but, you know, like the the world really did. So I agree. A legend in his own right. Ed, what you got for <laughs> your kidding? Oh, there it is. All right. Twitter spaces. I have I have not been on a Twitter space since Berg hosted a Twitter space last last basketball season. Um, I don't I don't subscribe to Twitter spaces. I don't click on the links for Twitter spaces. I want nothing to do with Twitter spaces. Uh, Apparently. No, no, I don't. I don't want anything to do with Twitter spaces. I I want lots to do with Twitter. Nothing to do with Twitter spaces. Yeah. That's a very toxic place to be. It seems like, (laughs) like Twitter, Twitter in general, Twitter in general is a cesspool. Uh, Twitter spaces seems to be like. That can launch uh, you right into losing your account. It, it, seems, it seems to be a petri dish, and I I don't know what's happening currently in Twitter Spaces, but it, it seems, at least in Bengals culture, uh, Bengals Bengals Twitter places right now, it seems to be a very bad place to be. Um, I don't know how anybody else feels about Twitter Spaces, but uh, just uh, wanted to, wanted wanted to throw that out there. I occasionally accidentally click it, and then my phone it just turns into like people like screaming. Although I did hear one funny Ooh, thing on a I Twitter Spaces. I have it, been in a Twitter space more recently than Berg. Uh, it was the Marcus Freeman night where uh, I did uh, hop in. I did hop into the Notre Dame conversation to listen to crazy people talk about uh, Notre Dame, and it got old really fast. Uh, but. I did accidentally click on one the other day that was uh, the Crosstown shootout one before the game. Yikes. Um, and Chad was in it, and uh, oh. he, was, he was a speaker in it. Ooh. And someone, I don't know who, <laughs> was making a joke, I guess, about like the the uh, Gold Star Chili in-town hoops game or something, like some stupid, like, ridiculous thing. Uh, and I immediately clicked out, but... Uh, that I do click on them on accident on occasion and have to immediately get out because it's just people screaming at each other and nobody really gets any point across. And, and, yeah. Um, Lionel Messi is going to take over the World Cup and they will win the World Cup. The man is amazing on the pitch. Uh, and unfortunately, I think we saw Cristiano Ronaldo play his last uh, World Cup game this weekend, which was uh, a sad sight to see. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah Johnson is not 12. He is a football player who apparently won an award. This this dude. I don't know. Some, there was another picture. There was another picture of him uh, from like that they said was like from like two years before this. Um, and he like I think he just. I think he's just one of the one of those guys that is uh, is gifted uh, with size and will be an NFL superstar. Um, I, I've seen people talking about the tattoo on the arm. <laughs> wondering, he doesn't look like he's that big there. 
like the, Paul. There are people who who have confirmed or have have questioned the um, real is is the tattoo on his on his forearm real or fake? Um, obviously, the facial hair is not fake, um, but but he he looks he looks old, and it's fascinating. Um, but I don't think that dude's twelve. There's a twelve year there's a twelve year old on the other side of this door that looks nothing like that guy. <laughs> Gunnar Keel came out with a story this week about how he was addicted to opiates. Oh. Um, that, that came out on Facebook. Um, he, he posted about it and talked about how he was an addict. Um, even I believe he said uh, he had his seven year uh, this year um, of being sober, but he was. He had his seven year yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So yesterday was the end of that season essentially where he he went to rehab and didn't play in the, the Hawaii Bowl. I was just say I and thought that that was something that was came it, out then or like was like talked about like rumored it was, a little bit it was, then. It was rumored that he had some problems. The story never came out. We kind of knew behind the scenes what was going on. I think a lot of it started if you remember that Memphis game when he just got absolutely rocked. Um and then left the game. The the Hayden Morgan where Hayden Moore came in and threw for like 560 yards and like seven two, touchdowns, two and a half quarters. Yeah. Um, that was the game that really kind of started things for, for Gunner um, on a, you know, kind of a tough downward spiral where he got caught up in some shit. Like the, the thing is like, he was always a really good dude, but you could tell he was going through it. Like it, he wasn't, he wasn't in a good place. Um, so really cool to see that, like, he's worked his way through it. He's married. He's got a kid. Um, almost like the Ryan Leaf tour. Like it, it kind of felt like that as he was posting about it. Yeah. I think it would be a great guest for this podcast. I was just about to say something like that. I think it would be really interesting to get a story. Ed, you're the producer. Make that happen. I'll, I'll see what I can reach out. All right. <laughs> um, there was a concussion last night by Devonte Parker was concussed, like having his, to be helped, having to be helped to his feet. Yeah, and his teammate had to like stop the play. They they yeah. lined they lined back up, and Nelson Aguilar is flailing everywhere, everywhere. Like stop the play, stop the play. He got this play stopped, and then I believe it was. Uh, Devonte Parker, who took to, I, I want to say it was Devonte Parker, who took to uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, the, whatever it was, uh, basically saying, "Hey, y'all have spotters, and y'all had me fucked up out there, and yeah. you weren't even trying to stop the play. Like, isn't that yeah. your job? Yeah. How many spot? I, I, I want to say it's rumored that there's like twelve spotters at any given game. I think that's the number. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. Um, but, but how is no one seeing that you're being helped to your feet? I mean, it woozy. seems like. It seems like they like even like the smallest things they've been like stopping it for like a medical timeout and yeah. sending dudes off. Like we talked about this on yeah, here a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe maybe after last week though, where you have dudes getting fined for injuries, a half a million dollars, the whole organization getting fined a half a million dollars. Hey, that's gamesmanship right there. Can't tell us we're the only ones. Can't tell me we're the only ones to do that. But that's that was weird. wild and, and the NFL's gotta be better as far as that goes. Agreed. 
Desmond Ritter is getting his first start on Let's about time. Let's go. Let's go. Now, there are some people who already have the Atlanta Falcons projected to take Will Revis out of Kentucky, which that'd be God, that'd be mm. that'd be such a that'd be such a kick in the dick if you're Desmond Ritter to have a Kentucky quarterback drafted to come in to take your spot when you're from Louisville anyway. Granted, granted it's not Lexington. I get that, but that's a fierce rival of. Yeah. I mean, no, I can't imagine true. you grow up in Louisville and you don't. The Falcons you, have. You hate Lexington other... if you grow up in Louisville, right? Look, if, Regardless, if Desmond played for Cincinnati, if Desmond if Desmond finishes the season out and like does what we think he can do, like the next couple of weeks will define got, his career. They, they've got they've got they've got some other. Uh, Issues that they need to, to fill down there. So let's go to Dave. Uh, <laughs> have you guys seen the video of the swaying Browns fan? Um, Went uh, viral. Yes. This guy might have had the worst weekend of his life. If the haircut wasn't enough, I feel like he lost a bet. Um, he he. Eventually, like that, went, the guy it, in front of him is really in the danger zone. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Like this guy's gonna get puked on. I was waiting for for the the lady. What, what the lady did earlier this season? Yeah, wasn't that yeah. a pre, was that a preseason game or was that the first game of the season? It was a preseason. Um, I thought it was a preseason game that that lady just puked. But like, everywhere. look, he's still like, I mean, he's crushing like a white claw right there. White claw, going, yeah, going hard. So um, apparently this is so when you put this in the list, I was reading this from Barstool Cleveland. This guy apparently does this all the time. Like this is him again, um, like a Thursday night football last year. There he is passed out here in Cincinnati. Um, there he is again in Cleveland, it looks like. Get ready to get clearly didn't lose haircut. a bet. That haircut is is an ongoing thing. Oh, there's the sway. The sway is his that's his thing. There he is again, swaying in Cleveland. That's, that's, that's awesome. This guy is a serial swayer. Yeah, this guy, this guy, <laughs> people are like posting like this guy is like, I clicked on it to see if maybe the guy was okay. Like, did he, did he make it back to Cleveland? Okay. Is, nope. he, is he, he still he is, alive? He is but apparently serial, he does this serial swayer. That's fantastic. So that was, that was really interesting. All right. Let's uh, wrap this up here. Uh, with your bum of the week. You're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum. A bum! You are a bum! You're a bum! And that's all you'll ever be! A bum! Well, that hurts, man. My bum of the week this week is Marcus Mariota. Did you guys see the story? I, I read I, something I, quickly. Did he quit? He He walked off the field and is not expected to return at this point in time to the Atlanta Falcons. So he's just like, I'm out. Just done. Like, and if that's the case, I don't know that anyone brings you back in. You're not going to start. Where are you going to start? Who? Cleveland. Who who would you start? They, they got a $230 million. They're, they're, they're all in on Deshaun Watson. Guaranteed money. All in on Deshaun Watson. Maybe. uh, Even though they brought in Jacoby Brissett to try and throw on a fourth, fourth and and whatever for a touchdown um which really ever thought that one i i apparently it was his birthday 
Um, so I don't know if that was like a a nod to your, I I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't know. Go in and try and throw on fourth down. I don't know, a, man. The critical early game moment. I guess. It, I don't know. But um yeah, Marcus Mariota getting getting walking away as as Dez takes the job. I don't know how he, it's Ritter season. Not a good look. No, how do you bounce back from that, Chad? Like, I don't know how you how you bounce back from that. Who brings you mm. on to be on your it's team? It's hard. It's hard. It's like, it's, nah. I don't want to do any love jokes tonight. Yeah. Speak. Okay. No love jokes tonight. I got another one for you guys. You got that, you got a bum of the week. You I got bummed. I got. I don't know if it's a bum. Like we're, we're going to decide right here live. If this, uh, you're about to say something about me, I swear. And it's not always about you, Ed. I'm. I haven't thought about you in hours. <laughs> At one point, you started to say, eh, and I thought you were going to say I was a bum. So. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? Zach Smith. Yes, that Zach Smith oh. is trying to start a collective. Oh. At Ohio State. Oh. Who wants to match Menace to Sports Rays? Who wants to watch Menace to Sports Rays? 13 million, like Ryan Day asked. And we will level up Ohio State recruiting. Want to get these five-star kids that are getting purchased? Watch me work. Hey, OSUAD, you want to play ball? Stay away from the program. You've done enough damage. No. No. Jeff's in. I'm all in for that. Let that guy come back. I'm just, I'm just let wondering. Him be what's, involved. I look. Let, I, I let hate, it happen. I hate, hate, hate Ohio State. Hate Ohio State. But what is your thought process in any of this? You guys fill me in. Who's Zach Smith? Being uh, relevant. We'll talk about yeah. it later. Ed. Okay. <laughs> he wants. He wants Google. To be oh, 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 Google oh, Zach this Smith. Guy, this Google. is the guy. Okay. Google Zach Smith, Urban Meyer. Assistant coach. I, I I got it now. Okay. All yeah, right. that's him. He has yeah. stayed in Columbus. He has a podcast, and he is now entering the NIL space. Apparently, I'm sure, I'm sure that podcast does numbers to uh, to help the Buckeyes. On his right. on his profile, it does say that he's a needle mover. Jason, Google Zach Smith, Urban Meyer. Yeah, just do that. Not There's getting, a reason he's no longer in the coaching profession. And not it's, not getting, a, it's not a good reason. It's not a good just reason. Just let him. Let him come back and be involved. Yeah, let him. That's fine. <laughs> you know what? Maurice Claret can come back too. I just thought you guys hey, would enjoy. No, no, no Claret slander here. All right. I'm sorry. He, he started life. That was another episode of Part of the Punctuation, though. For all of those who tuned in with us live tonight, we appreciate you in the chat. And for the views, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, for all of those on the podcast, we thank you as well. But for my co-hosts, Ed Mayhall, Jeff Howell, Chad Brendel, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.